fire in the hole collection allows you to smell like you've been showering in campfire, gunpowder, and whiskey <laughs> without all those pesky indecent exposure charges and third degree burns. And there's a soap that makes you smell like gunpowder, campfire, and whiskey. You can smell like my actual dad. I saw you share this mm. earlier, and I, I keep thinking about the specific wording, because they say about, like, you can smell like these things without the indecent in, uh, exposure charges and the burns. Mm -hmm. Are they suggesting that previously the only way to smell like this was to fuck a bonfire? Yes. I think that's what it is, is to, yeah. Yeah, you would have indecently exposed yourself and really burn those genitals. That's the, that was previously the only way. Get your kit off and squat up and down on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, just just do uh, uh, a full um, Targaryen. Do you remember that, kids? Um, so this is Outlaw Soaps. Just some of the weird shit that just happens to, to annoy me on Facebook. I mean, it says read about it and be overjoyed. <laughs> like, is there a market for people who think to themselves, I don't want to drink, but I want to smell like I've been drinking? <laughs> like, who wants that? It's the time of year where my inbox has just been full of, like, ev everyone's got a holiday gift guide, and whether it's video games or not, we're going to email you about it. I have had some, some truly baffling emails of, like, there was one that was trying to dress up, like, fake autism cures as a fun Christmas gift. Oh! Uh, treat treat your family this Christmas to the gift of an autism cure. That, that, was, a, that was a strange <laughs> one to receive. Gummies. They were like Flintstones gummies. <laughs> that's that's the kind of tone they had. Just like, hey, look, this is a, this is a fun, fun idea for Christmas. It's stock and filler, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's great. Oh, God. The soap looks cool, though, to its credit. It's all like Black on one end and then like fiery colour on the other end. But inside is like red, um, like this sort of chalky red. And then it looks all sort of burnt off at one end. And it looks quite cool. But then on the other side of the picture is just a, a screenshot from Red Dead Redemption, um, which I, I guess it's from the linked article, but that's on the ad. It's just on one side, pretty cool soap. <laughs> on the other side, I guess it wants you to, to smell like Red Dead Redemption, which I don't wanna. No. Here's the thing: sometimes these are, these things are clearly made to be a parody, to be like you're not supposed to like the smell. Like I know that they made Star Wars candles a few years ago, where it was like, do you want a candle that smells like the Bantha Pit? Oh, it's a bad smell. But like this doesn't seem like this is that. This is. Would you like to sincerely smell like? Alcohol and fire. <laughs> to its credit, when I did post it on Twitter, someone did reply and say, like, their brother or their brother-in-law has it, and it actually comes out quite nice. My guess is it's a bit like crisp flavours, because you know how, like, crisps oh, yeah, don't really yeah. taste of... And sometimes there's food you don't care for. Why it tastes good as a crisp. So it doesn't actually make you smell like a hobo. I mean, yeah, you might not smell like Arthur Morgan from the hit to Rockstar video game. Uh, the Red Dead to the Redemption. Um, that might not be true. But, you know, uh, tomato ketchup crisps don't taste like tomato ketchup uh Well, they taste like tomato ketchup crisps, which is its own flavour. Amazing. They do taste amazing, though. Do you think it's kind of fascinating that you would create a 
bath-related product intended, you know, ostensibly with that comparison to make you smell like people who do not bathe traditionally. It's usually a smell that you would wash off yourself after the bonfire. Oops, I stood down wind of the, the fire too long. A smell of smoke. I should probably wash that off. Yeah. No. Bring that feeling home with you. Enjoy the the smoky bonfire all year long. Yeah. Constantly have people walk past you and be like, oops, is, did I leave the oven on? No, it's just your soap. I'm going to guess you'd just smell like some sort of like Yankee candle. It'd be some sort of scented candle smell. The kind that make me choke a bit when I, or like a body shop, like, like inside there. Some places make me like choke when I go in because it makes mm-hmm. me feel like I'm having an allergic reaction to nuts. It's just the smell. Cinnamon does it as well a lot. Too strong cinnamon. Like, I can have it. It's no problem. Too strong of it, though. And I'm like, I'm definitely, like, dying of cashew poison. So I pro- I d- I'm not going to get the soap. No, you're not going not gonna to be a curiosity purchase. Yeah, it might be good, but it might make me choke. I get that way if um if there's too ripe a banana nearby. If I try to eat too ripe a banana, I better not breathe in. Because the ripe banana fumes will make me cough. And we can't do that. Not not in these times. No, no. Yeah. People will think it's the corona. But yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, they're not rotten. They're good bananas still. Well, right. I don't like them when they're that. I still like a bit of green on them sometimes, but that's just me. I like a bit of crunch with banana. I am not that fond of them when they're too ripe, but sometimes you've just got to. But if I inhale it, they'll give off some sort of... of Dank, ripe banana smell. And some people like bananas when they're like that. Mm, Yeah, I tend to like them once they've got uh, some uh, browning on them. They get a little soft. That's where the flavor really comes out. I can't breathe the banana. Unless there's some specially fitted banana gas mask you can get. I'd like that. (laughs) Right, so if someone would like to make this for me, I'll I'll pay. What I want is like a, a traditional gas mask, but I want it yellow, obviously. And designed specifically for bananas. Yeah, you've got to work it out, get a nana in there as well. Yeah, and I want it sort of curved. Uh, so that, ooh, oh, this is good. Under the big round eye holes, right? I want banana peel splitting on each, either side, right? And then the tubey bit is like the um, interior uh, rigid banana flesh. And then there's a, a tube on the end of that to breathe. And then somewhere you've got to work out how to get a banana uh, in my mouth from there. Um, so there's your homework. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, only one of you do this. Sort it out among yourselves, get in contact. I don't know how, but I'm only paying for one, you know? So whether it's a collab or you just pick the best among you, um, or maybe you each make one and then sort of throw them against each other, like Robot Wars, but masks. Uh, st- tie some string around the eye holes and then swing, swing them. Do it like Conkers. I don't know. They're your masks. It's your league. So you make the decisions get a commissioner i'm not gonna do it i don't want to be involved i don't want to really speak to any of you but if you get me a banana mask um by thursday next uh then i will pay you a a prince's reward in a velvet money bag (sighs) you have a nice christmas everyone yeah it was good yeah i've had a good time i basically just Spent multiple days building Gundam model kits and not looking at the internet. It's been great. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that sounds like a way to be. Making little plastic robots that got clipped together. One of them is considerably bigger than I expected it to be. And I'm just looking at like the size of the hands and the feet on it. And I don't know where I'm going to put it when it's done. Yeah. It's a big old robot. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, Jim. Wing. 
Oh, Jim. <laughs> how, how, how have you both been? Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, had a pleasant Christmas. Got a, a capsule toy machine. Oh. My girlfriend got me a capsule toy machine. That's a lovely thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Don't know what I'm going to put in it. Well, probably capsules. Well, yeah. Yeah, put some capsules in it. <laughs> I've got these little barrels of, of toxic waste hazardously sour candy that you can throw in there. You'll love these. <laughs> these are the fucking tits, mate. Mmm. That sounds delightful. Yeah, yeah. Don't eat mystery flavor. Don't. No? Will, will, <laughs> I, will I be horrified at the mystery? I literally can't tell you what it tastes like, but it's not good. I can't tell you what any flavour of those tastes like, because all of them taste like unpleasant mouth scrunching. Yeah, <laughs> trying to describe how a toxic waste hazardously sour candy tastes is like trying to describe a Canadian accent, which I was talking to Becky earlier, and I, the only way I could describe the difference is a Canadian accent is like an American accent as spoken by the fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the closest I can come. I've lived here a long time and I still struggle with the difference. I'm pretty sure those sour sweets, you're not supposed to be able to describe the flavour of them because they literally coat them in powdered acid. And by the time that you get to the sweet underneath, you burnt your taste buds off. Yeah, that's my kind of sour candy, actually. It's bad. It's bad. I got one of them tongues that like react badly to stuff. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that are wrong. One of the thousands of things that could go wrong with tongues as with any body part. But it really like can't handle kiwi fruit. And I love a bit of quick kiwi fruit. Um, but these toxic wastes, I've been instituting them as a fun punishment to um, basically just as a, a, a cr crutch to get me through the awkwardness when I forget things. Like when I forget to show the game I'm streaming. So I thought it'd be fun to get these. And I was not correct. <laughs> But it functions as a punishment. Yeah, exactly. The worst part is is I there was a period where I didn't have any and was making mistakes, so I racked them up. So yesterday I streamed Jim Sterling's sour dinner. <laughs> and it was a it was a very sour dinner. Um I was gonna do that on Christmas Day, and I really like the idea of having a horrible dinner on stream every Christmas. So I made I was very low energy Christmas. Um all I was doing was holding out for uh, Uncle Zimmerman's Wonder Ham, which was very, very <laughs> Nice. I've heard wonderful things about the Wonder Ham. Conrad apparently makes a good meal. That lad's cooking is is something truly nice and yummy. It is very yummy for me. That gravy was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it was something this year, I will say. It's all right. I don't. I'm not like fond of gravy all that much, but that was nice stuff. Yes, it's. it's a, you, know, you can do. You can do a fair bit with what's left over in the pan from a ham that's been sitting there in an oven for a few hours. Tell you what. I mean. You know, the ham made the mess, make it sit in it. That's yeah, what right. I say. Yep. The punishment fits the ham. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even sound like crime. There's just an M in it. <laughs> but it, it made Conrad laugh, and he forgot to mute the mic when he did it. So it's nice to be funny to Conrad and hear it. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes on Buster's favorite son, Justin's like, he's muted the microphone, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Professional. I like ruining things. Sometimes I'll even go through the file before I send it to Justin and and mute shit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. I enjoy ruining things by making people laugh. Paul Barry used to do that to the Undertaker. Apparently, we well, used to try. 
I don't think he ever succeeded. Speaking of things we've talked about this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I forget that I already talked about it? A couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, right. Time for one of the How's Artistly Sound Candies then. Oh, oh no. What have I done? No. Um, no. I'm going to save mystery flavor for stream, and I'm not going to do lemon right now because that will absolutely ruin my day. Um, I'll do a mild one for mild. Oh, watermelon. I like that flavor. My mouth is, is watering just at the thought. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, my tongue already feels like I've been necking an energy drink, just just getting ready for this horrible life. It's been a while since unpleasant foods have been a Pogquisition thing. That's true. It's 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 your beat. Yeah, and I think I think the reason I stopped having it as my beat is that one time I had I was like, oh, this will be funny. I'll have these unpleasant jelly beans. Yeah, and then I was literally sick and was like, this was this was a bad plan. These are, these are unpleasant. This will just be the, this is like like you know unpleasant food guidance. Just a little side story <laughs> where I oh, oh. so watermelon ain't so bad, so it was only a little mistake. <laughs> it's still not very nice. Oh god. You know how they taught you in school that the tongue, different parts of it taste different bits. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't have this one on the side of your tongue. Because that's where the bits are. <laughs> but I need it there to speak. <laughs> So we we've we've played some stuff. Some of it this weekend. Some of it like throughout the year because it's the end of the year and there's no fucking news. It's that bit of the year. Mm. Has anyone played anything this week they want to talk about before we get all retrospectively about shit we did in 2020? I'll admit I've done a couple of the toxic waste recreationally in the past. Yeah, you uh, yeah you 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 dabble. Well, it's lockdown. I've got a dumb myself. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot of games and stuff that come out this year, for sure. What happened near the beginning? Because I was still in Mississippi at the beginning of this fucking year. My God. Uh, one of the, the, the early ones this year that I keep forgetting was this year was Final Fantasy VII Remake was this year. Yeah. Which, uh -huh. have we, we all played that. Yeah. Yeah, I was still in the house that sent me into a spiral of depression when I first moved here. Ah, uh, the one with the, the, you put your foot through the floor a bunch of times. And the banisters were going to fall off. Well, I mean, the floor was just all warped. <laughs> I got my deposit back on that place. Amazing. It was worse when I <laughs> left it there because I, you know, stuff all got warped and things were falling apart and I complained a bunch and threatened them legally. And B, Justin's cat had knocked some fucking chicken somewhere and it hadn't been fucking cleaned up properly. Oh my God. I blasted as many ants as I fucking could. Oh, wow. Got the deposit back. Amazing. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's it's been far enough since that came out that I think we can talk a little more directly about, hey, the end of that game isn't the, the end. It isn't the same as where Final Fantasy VII itself, the original, would have gotten to at that point. No. I've really grown on that game, having had some breathing room from it. Like, I loved it start to finish mechanically and in terms of its presentation. I really enjoyed the combat system, the music. I think of the three of us, when it first came out, I was the most unsure how I felt about the bait and switch of the ending. I was definitely sure about how I felt. I was very, very strongly in and still am in favour of it. I was confident that over time I would. Yeah. I couldn't help that in the moment there was a little bit of, yeah, but, but 
but I I wanted to buy one thing, and that's not what what I got. It's subversive for sure. Yeah, there's been a couple of games this year that have been like that. Age of Calamity, we'll get to a bit later, is kind of like that as well. And I received Age of Calamity better because earlier in the year this was a game that happened as well. You see, I received it a bit worse. Yeah, because remake did it so well. I mean, that's that's fair. But then it led to like some you know fun gameplay stuff. So I I. I wasn't too annoyed about it in Hyrule Warriors. I genuinely loved playing through 7 Remake. I have no Mm. clue what to expect from the next one, and that's great. Well, yeah, this is where my praise for the ending of the remake is conditional. Yes. Um, As I said when it came out, like, if this is just the team excusing itself to go in on its Kingdom Hearts-style bullshit, then retrospectively... Fuck the ending of this game. Well, see, I think that's part of why I was so sceptical when it first happened, because I play Kingdom Hearts games. I know how modern Square Enix can take a good idea and fucking twist it into something Definitely. bizarre and mangled. Definitely. Sure. That's why I have this 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 big condition on this. Yeah. I've been wary of praising 7 Remake too much. Purely because I don't know how I'm going to feel. Because I I think by the time that Remake Part 2 happens, we will probably have a pretty good sense of whether this was a good idea or not. Yeah, probably. Well, I don't think that anything they do in Final Fantasy Remake 2 is going to retroactively make Final Fantasy 7 Remake bad. Like, I, I I think it's on its own taken as a thing that is both referencing and toying with the narrative concepts presented in Final Fantasy VII, standing alone, I think it's a really good thing. Yeah. I love that they're willing to throw a middle finger to an extent towards what came before. It, the act is is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I like it very much. They've sidestepped that whole thing that they could have had to deal with of, uh, yeah, you perfectly recreated the thing I love, but it's not as good because it's not the it's not exactly the way it was when I loved it. And gone, no, this is something different. You gotta you gotta take it on its own, own terms now. Yeah. And you know, I just I hope that the next one is similar to this one in that it follows the same beats mm-hmm. yeah. but there are differences like I think that's a really cool way to do it. Well this this is kind of the, the thing that I was thinking when I finished Remake was the first thought I had finishing this was oh god they're gonna use this as an excuse to undo every bit of consequence of the original plot and every time that something went wrong and that had interesting consequences and go, yeah, but for fan service now that doesn't happen and yay, we can all celebrate because it doesn't happen. I'll tell you what though I'll tell you what, if it gets to that certain point in the game. We all know the one yeah. Where we think that you know, oh they're gonna subvert and, and she gets through it if they just do it anyway, beat for beat, the same scene, I would... Mm. That's what I'm hoping, is that I hope they have the guts to go, ah, subversion, we can change the timeline, and to then still go, no, fuck you, some things are just gonna happen. The ultimate double bluff. Yeah, to really big up this idea of maybe we can prevent it, maybe we can prevent it, oh shit, it happened anyway. If they do that, right... They are almost as good at coming up with ideas for games as I am, and 
And I'll tell you what, that puts them on a genius level. Yeah, because, like, as much as I might want certain, you know, I, I might be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if certain events didn't happen? I don't actually want you to do that to the plot. <laughs> Have consequences for stuff. They can be different consequences, but... Well, it's the reason the game is so impactful, is because those consequences existed, is those things happen. And you really do run a risk of completely taking the air out of something by changing... Yeah. I, I worry that they will try to use this as an excuse to give players everything they ever wanted, and in turn... Make nobody happy? Not give them what they actually want, yeah. I just hope that Miles Morales shows up and it turns out this is in the Spider-Verse. Ah, ah, Cloud was a Spider-Man all along. Cloud was the Spider-Man of this universe, yeah. And Sephiroth comes from the the usual Marvel universe. Um, (laughs) And he's trying to fix things in this one. Um, And also in this one, the Green Goblin is... um, uh, one of the other characters. I will say, I fully expect it's going to be like the better part of the this decade before. Like, I imagine like Final Fantasy VII Remake will probably finish about the time that this current generation of consoles ends. Like, I feel like we're a long way off. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I don't know who among us will live to see the end of it. I th- I think it'll come out the next generation of person. <laughs> I I would never hold my breath for for Square Enix to complete a project in a timely manner. Yeah. So it's gonna feel weird coming back to more Final Fantasy VII years from now. Yeah, really. What else came out this year? Um, Deadly Premonition Two was a bit of a fucking disappointment, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's a bummer. I heard it got so bad it made a list of shittiest games of the year. I heard so, I heard so. I mean, if I did a list of shittiest games of the year for myself, it'd fucking be on there. That's a shite. Migraine-inducing, with quote-unquote comedy racist accents, uh, and some pretty jaw-dropping transphobia uh, that was apologised for, but then um, the apology was more or less rescinded in a way uh, as he continued to justify the stuff, all but the the sort of most blatant of lines that could easily be cut out. It was literally one line. He's like, oh, I'm going to do the big patch that fixes it. He removed literally one line, and that line created some other... Because it no longer existed, it created some other weirdness in other places. Yeah, and then engaged in, like, creepy sort of... Creepy... I don't know what to call it with you. Oh, the the tweeting me and deleting it 30 seconds later that he kept doing. Yeah. Because he did not like my tweet thread where I literally just... Here's a screenshot of a thing that happens. Jesus. Oh... Jim, are you, are you proud that you brought this game into the world? <laughs> I apologised. I, I, like, I don't know how much smoke they were... Actually, I'm distancing myself from it now. I don't know how much smoke they were blowing up my ass when they said it was thanks to me. I'm sure it was lots. I'm sure I've got nothing to do with they it. They sent us versions of the game that had you on the cover of the original game. <laughs> that was the one I like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... No one else is going to say sorry for it. Swear is proud of it. He seems to. He, he's gone high on his own bullshit. He now is of that belief that if you say something is shit, it means it's good. Yeah. It was a little more nuanced with the first Eddie Premonition than if it's horrible, it's good. It was about a perfect balance. The perfect balance does not involve actual physical pain being caused 
because the frame rate is literally that bad. My god, I went back to it post frame rate and I, pff, it it was still unbearable. Yeah, it's it's still horrible. Yeah. I'm I'm never going back to it. Like I'm not usually a frame rate person, but my god, no. that one was painful. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And it's it's not even like it's an age of calamity or something where it's like oh there's two hundred fucking enemies on screen I can understand why it's slowing down a bit yeah it's fucking empty roads just lots of empty streets there's still like flashes in it there's bits in it that made me laugh up until it started to get awkward yeah but it's just it's oh it's a shame it's mate right in the missing is clearly you know. More credit goes to your, you know, consultants than you. But regardless, the praise you got for that does not give you um, license to just think you can do what you like and represent people how you like. A, a lot of credit clearly goes to the consultants that worked on The Missing. And B, if you want evidence that Sweary is not the reason that The Missing was a tasteful piece of work... There's an interview on Rely on Horror in which he talks about how no one is wrong for being who they are, and that includes the main character's mother who tried to push her into conversion therapy and pushed her to the point of suicide. Her mother's not wrong for being who she is. That's a pretty fucking big red flag that Sweary was not yeah. was not the person to be telling tasteful stories. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame because there were moments there were moments I had fun with that game. I wanted to have fun with it. I'm sorry, everyone. There was a there was a quest where I chased a dog around on a skateboard for like 15 minutes. That was pretty fun. Chungus offsets it, right? Yeah. I didn't put it with the the big round rabbit, but but come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't make it. Uh. I didn't make it. <laughs> uh, things we've played this year. Ooblets. We all played Ooblets this year. Ooblets. Ooblet. I, I like saying Ooblets. That was delightful, yeah. It's it's very cute. Comrade, talk to us about Ooblets. Remind us what Ooblets was. Uh, Ooblets was that kind of combination of farming game and Pokemon game where you'd have the, the, the little things that you'd grow and they'd fight. And it's a really simple combat mechanic system they're dancing yeah yeah we'll dance battles with cards you do like card yeah. battling try and make your score higher yeah it's fun it's sweet it's cute it made me smile yeah i will probably get back to it as they continue to make more updates yeah i need to get back in yeah yeah i've been having i've been having a look at like what the roadmap's like because i'm super curious when when that game is due to be done. Yeah. So they've been adding new content. The big one is about middle of next year. They're expecting to to hit 1.0. So I'm probably not going to come back to it till mid 2021. But I mm. I had enough fun with that that I was like, I don't want to come back to this until it's hit 1.0. Yeah, that's probably where I am too. But I am looking forward to getting back to it next year. Yeah, because I know I'd already. I know there's stuff more I've got to do in it, but I'd already hit the ceiling with a lot of the the ooblets I was using, and yeah. yeah, there wasn't much more variance in the cards. I don't know if they plan to complicate that with like a, a give you actual deck building or anything like that. I don't know what the future plans are. I hope they don't overcomplicate it. I like it simple. I'm having a look through the updates they've been doing. Apparently, they added a bunch of new ooblets in October, as well as new cards. Okay, they added um, two new areas in October and December. They, had, they seem to have been adding new stuff, um, but it doesn't seem like they're adding like whole new big mechanics, just 
more of the game. Yeah. Well, you know, if if time's being taken, I mean, that's the point of early access. You know, yeah. let's let's please. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But let's please learn some good lessons from Hades, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. The one I've been sort of keeping an eye on, um, in that same vein of early access games I tried this year, and I kind of just want to come back to when they're finished, is Temtem, which is that sort of mm. Pokemon knockoff MMO. Temtem available now on PlayStation Five. It is. Uh, it's not in 1.0 yet, but apparently like, yeah. that's coming in spring. Nothing new's come out. Sorry, I, I've just got to say that about the PS5. Um, please carry on. <laughs> um, I, I continue to look through like the updates of what they're adding to uh, Temtem over time, and it does give me some reassurance that this will probably be a thing I really like. And it, it's clearly being made by a team that know what people who are way, way, way too into Pokemon wish would be official Pokemon features. Like, right. One of the things they're looking to add in early next year is is Pokemon has had this unofficial thing for several years called a Nuzlocke run, which is a bunch of self-imposed rules people do to basically be like, if your Pokemon faints, it's dead, you can only catch one per route. Things to arbitrarily make it harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are just full-on being like, oh, we're adding a Nuzlocke mode to this. Like, completely the exact same name, even though Nuzlocke is a reference to uh, Nuzleaf, which is a Pokemon. They're just like, fuck it. Oh, fucking watch that. Fucking watch themselves around Nintendo. I mean, they probably should, but... Yeah, seeing stuff like Nuzlocke lock mode in the roadmap is like, okay, you, you, you're putting in the stuff that Pokemon players have been asking for to be official yeah. in Pokemon games for a while. I'm looking forward to jumping back into that when it hits 1.0. So yeah, another game that I played like a few hours of and was like, this seems good. I'm not going to play it till it's finished. Can't be playing unfinished things. No. How silly would that be? Yeah. Uh, what else? Actually, I think what else was earlier in the year? Last of Us 2 was this year. Jesus Christ. It was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I said at the time, I'll say it again, it's a fun horror game. Yeah. It's a fun enough horror game. It's a zombie horror game with, you know, mushroom zombies. It's enjoyable. I may play it again at some point. For the gameplay, it's fun enough. The story is frustrating. I find the character developments in it in- incredibly uh, unfulfilling. Um, which I'm sure many will say is the point. But, you know, if I leave unfulfilled, I still leave unfulfilled. That's still the end result. I personally didn't find it unfulfilling. There are problems with this game's plot. I'm not going to deny there are problems with it. But I think overall, it's a simple plot. It's basically just, hey, violence begets violence, vengeance begets vengeance. That's a cycle that doesn't stop unless someone makes a conscious choice to stop it. And people can dress it up. But that is it, along with sort of its uncritical look at the player's tendency toward violence without sort of turning that lens inward, which more games need to do. I think the only one that came close was Spec Ops, barring, I guess, um, sort of, well, in the so-called AAA space. Okay, yeah, because you got your Undertales and whatnot. Yeah, immediately I was like, okay, we better have the, you know, the traditional indie (laughs) caveat. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I think if you go into The Last of Us 2 not expecting it to be more than it is, I think that it is a technically polished, like, stealth horror game. Yeah. And I very much enjoyed it mechanically. And I, I think, if nothing else, they did a really good job of getting me to hate the character that I was meant to hate and then sort of, you know, I saw it, you could see it coming a mile off, but going, hey, they're not so different from you. Uh, I think that on a fundamental level, they 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 achieved that. They they <laughs> liked one of the many dogs you killed. <laughs> Don't you feel bad? That, that character was the first character you killed that you knew for a fact was pregnant. Do you feel bad? Oh, 
there you go killing again. She just loves killing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a mess of a game narratively, but it's it's an enjoyable game if you want to blow people up and shoot them with arrows. In terms of like triple A triple A stuff that I played this year, it's up there in terms of big budget go on a go on a big adventure. It, it, nice big sprawling adventure. Well, nothing much came out. Nothing much good came out. It's one of my fonder memories of games this year, and I don't know what that says about this year's games, but I enjoyed The Last of Us too. Well, I mean. I think maybe if it had come out another year, it wouldn't have sort of looked as light-hearted as it does. <laughs> I think the darkness in that game is a relative term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is this year? Streets of Rage 4 was this year. That was a pretty good game. Yeah. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It might go on my list of best ones. I think it's great. I went through every difficulty mode, and I never do that. Yeah. I... I do that with a game maybe once every few years I find one so good I want to go through on multiple difficulties um, and I did all the way up um, I co-opt a fair bit of it although that made some of it harder yeah co-op can make that harder but yeah I had a real laugh I have my issues with it primarily how much it is just there's not much new in it if you're a Streets of Rage fan. Oh, definitely. It is. I mean, it's if if you look at many other brawlers, it could be called a step back because it is so traditional. Well, I don't just mean traditional. I mean, in terms of its enemies, its boss encounters, they are directly lifted from the earlier Streets of Rage game. There's definitely a fair bit of that. I mean, no. I mean, with, a, with it being fairly nostalgic, I think they were going for some appeal with having some of the familiar enemies rendered in that sort of art style and everything. Um, and there are some original bosses, but there's definitely a lot of... The unlockable characters especially show that. Yeah. And one, I, like I say, I keep hammering on the boss encounters, mm -hmm. but they are the boss encounters from Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that's that just bugs me. That there, it doesn't feel. It says it's a sequel, but it really feels like a greatest hits, you know, lovingly re-rendered, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, there is that sort of like remake sort of feel to it, remake, uh, soft reboot kind of thing. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so I would love to see them do another game, do a Streets of Rage five, and really just. Get some cool new shit in. Oh, yeah. If they do a Streets of Rage 5, which I hope they do, then yes, they will need to add new stuff. If they just do this again, then I think I'll, I'll sort of find it underwhelming. Yeah. Because they've already given me my really sort of very familiar Streets of Rage, which I'm very happy with. But if they just do it again, then the sheen will be off it. Yep. Yeah. Looking over the games that I played during this year, one that I didn't expect to think so positively of um, after I finished playing it, and I still kind of want to go back and replay at some point, is No Straight Roads. Mm -hmm. Which is that like weird, baffling little indie game I was playing that was about a world where... EDM was the only genre of music that was allowed. Oh, and yeah. Because I remember you mentioning the title, but I was trying to remember the... Yeah. Yeah, it's the one about like how rock music was going to fight the, the fascism of EDM, and there was no yeah. good rock music anywhere in the game, and all of the EDM was great, and it did a really bad job of justifying why I should hate these EDM overlords. It's like, oh, they're draining power from the, the, the people in the lower classes. That's not what our punk rock heroes are upset about. They're upset that they weren't allowed to be on a 
government-funded talent show playing their rock music. Oh. Well, I mean, that is modern rock, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that is kind of... uh, Yeah, that's... That is so weird. That narrative being the thing in there, because it then it's it's what it's a free speech narrative. It, it, yeah, like it's, you're limiting my freedom of speech by not letting me on your stage. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, yeah. and the thing was, is it wasn't even that they weren't allowed to play rock. This isn't a world where like you were going to get arrested for playing rock music. It was just. No, the government sanctioned like Britain's Got Talent or whatever. They won't let you play rock music. Do you know that's not the end of the world? You can still play rock music. No one's gonna lock you up. But no, that's what we need to overthrow the government for. I mean, do they have other talent shows? I mean, probably. It seems like they would. If if the if the TV is is fully state run, then okay. Oh no, no, there are other TV programs. It seems. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. If if there's if there's you know. Yeah non-state-run TV and they can do it there, then, you know, if the government's a fan of EDM, um, you know, I don't have to have Johnny Rotten at my function (laughs) if I don't. In fact, I'd prefer not to. He's a fucking sellout. But, like, as stupid as that game was mechanically in some places, and as stupid as it was narratively in some places, there was a lot of sincerity in the performances and the way all the characters were animated and the way it was written. It reminded me a lot of the original Deadly Premonition in that sort of Look, this is a kind of broken, weirdly paced game that I have a whole list of complaints about. But when I think back on it, I only remember having a good time. I remember consistently having a good time with these over-the-top boss encounters. Like, it's kind of like the the first No More Heroes. It's basically a game about going from boss encounter to boss encounter. Mm -hmm. There's some bashing of enemies with your guitar along the way that's, you know, uh, fight these generic hench people. But it's about these over-the-top boss encounters that were really fun and... I had a legitimately good time with this weird broken game. Well, hey. Like, it's it's not an easy recommend, but if you don't mind something a bit janky, No Straight Roads is really fun. I tend not to mind. Yeah. It's got a lot of heart. I'll say that. Yeah. If if it's got enough going for it, I can forgive some some jank, you know, I've yeah. I've recommended the the fair few focus interactive game in my time. Yeah. And of course the first Eddie Premonition for which I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, who else has got a game we want to talk about from the year? I don't think either of you played the, the, the Call of Duty Battle Royale, did you? No, I didn't. No. Do you, do you want to talk about it? It was alright. I mean, this was early early quarantine time, um, and I went through that bit where I was playing two online games that I really ordinarily wouldn't bother that much with. Um, but I think it was just the fact that there were other people on the end of it that I was like, oh, this this is almost nice. It's been a year for that. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was enjoyable enough. The cash mode was fun until they changed it. Um, where it's like you all drop in and just try and collect as much cash as possible. There's a lot of cash in the map and you can shoot enemies for it. And you got to try and run to helicopter drop off points and defend yourself. To, to get the cash on the helicopter. And that was really fun. Then they changed it to sort of other, th- I think to try and emphasize people killing each other a lot more, which, you know, there was another mode for that. Um, not that, you know, you didn't have to do fighting, but I liked the more sort of, there was more to do and you could still do it in the, when they revised it, but wasn't just, I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I didn't win as much is the point. <laughs> um, that's why I didn't like it as much. 
Um, so that was fine. Enjoyable enough. Eventually just lost all interest. Uh, and then there was that Resident Evil one because Resident Evil 3 came out and I liked it a lot, but a lot of people were sort of disappointed. Yeah. And then there was that fucking, what was it called? Uh, Mastermind? No, they, that, well, that was the name of the, the, the enemy player. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Resident Evil, go to an online game and play it, I think it was called. Where one of you is the sort of like, oh, like evil character putting down zombies and traps and stuff. And then, um, the other players were survivors trying to get out. And it wasn't very good, but I played a lot of it because <laughs> I was bored. And then, you know, every now and then the, the player could, the, uh, the mastermind player could go down and be, one of the monsters that was tied to whatever one they selected, you know, William Birkin or uh, the the T, Mr. T, any any one of those. And it was just kind of rubbish and you couldn't get into a Mastermind game for love nor money. I think over the course of it, playing it for like a week, I think I um, got in twice, maybe three times and hadn't been able to play it before then. So didn't do very well because I didn't know what I was doing half the time. Um, I'd, have, I'd had a go on the tutorial, but you don't want to do that over and over. Um, so it just was a bit dull and add loot boxes in it as well. So it can fuck off. Yeah. And those were the two big online games I played. I played some of that Cold War mod, uh, Call of Duty as well. But I remembered another indie game I played this year that I kind of wanted to mention. That's in mm -hmm. the. It's kind of janky. But, like, there is a really cool thing in there to be enjoyed. This was one of the ones from the um, the Bundle for Racial Justice, I think, on, on Itch.io when that came out earlier in the year. It's called Extreme Meat Punks Forever. That's a good name. I played that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is a game about being a bunch of queer people piloting flesh mechs that scream as you plug yourself into them. <laughs> Fight, fighting fascists in bone and meat mechs. I really enjoyed the <laughs> elements of that game that were just queer road trip to beat up some fascists. Making, like, doing your little choice-based adventure. Oh, you're gonna let this person join your party. Oh, oh that went a bit bad because you, you did that. The game the gameplay is fine. The gameplay is very, very indie. It is mech battles as portrayed by two sort of moving coloured squares viewed from top down and you've got sort of a punch that will knock them and you're trying to knock them off the stage. The, the, the combat is clearly constrained by the game's budget. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed the characters and just... It, it was a very nicely very nicely drawn go be gay and pilot a meat mecha into punching a fascist to death. Which, I needed that in the Summer. So that's 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 a good one that if you haven't checked out, that was a thing this year that's worth checking out. Just just go in knowing it's very low budget. Bone and Meat Max has my attention, naturally. Bone and Meat Mac is a good concept. <laughs> yeah. I mean if if they come with a chicken chamber, I'm all in. <laughs> Oh, Conrad, you you do one. What 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 playing this year? Well, speak. You know, okay. So we're talking about the bundle for racial justice and equality. Uh, oh, also, I know exactly what game you're going for. Yeah, uh, <laughs> tonight we riot. Which yeah, if I, mm. it's it's easily one of my games of the year. It's a Pikmin style uh, revolution simulator. I guess you'd call it. You control one member of a group of comrades trying to take down uh, the capitalists side-scrolling levels uh, you can issue orders to the rest of the group they work in concert with you to throw bricks and molotovs and uh, fight police and drones and all sorts of fun stuff it's funny it's 
tongue in cheek and more than anything it's made by uh, a group of developers who uh, I have a, a ton of respect for um, Pixel Pushers Union 512 they're a cooperative um, they are within a few weeks of, of releasing this game put it into the the bundle yeah yeah uh, where where they you know I mean I'm, I'm sure they'll make money on other platforms as it gets there but to just give your game away effectively on PC a couple of weeks after you put it out is a brave move. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. 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 So I have a, I have a ton of respect for it and, and it works out that it's a really uh, fun game too. Yeah. So yeah. it was a lot of fun watching you stream that earlier this year. Yeah. I, I didn't get on with it as a game. I, I love the premise and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was enjoyable watching you play it. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's definitely gameplay wise, not going to be for everyone. I think I've never been great at those swarm them up kind of things. Right. Yeah. Like, I love the concepts and in, enjoyed playing the, the, uh, Cecil, I think it was called the Lovecraftian one. Mm-hmm. But I always get to a point with them where I'm like, I just can't keep any of these fuckers alive. <laughs> yeah, well, you used to like Overlord, didn't you? I did love Overlord, although in that one, minions dying was just an expected part of the yeah, like fun of it, you know. Yeah, and it, and in tonight we riot. It is it really you do have a fairly limited pool of um, units to draw from, and you can get crippled and be in a bad spot if you're not cautious in a stage. Yeah. But I do really appreciate how that mechanic is married into the narrative and and how it all comes together. I it feels really right. So um, yeah, I, I love that game. Really, really pleased with it, and I. I hope to see more cool stuff coming from them in the future. Can I just do a quick rundown mm-hmm. of some of the less good games that, let me double check, are definitely not on the list. I think all of the ones that aren't on the list, except Deadly Premonition 2, were on my shit list this <laughs> Monday. But I'll just quickly go through some of the ones that I don't think are going to come up. I'll go through them real quick. Dissection, a load of shit. Um, it was called Resident Evil Resistance. Ah. That was it. Fallout 76 Wastelanders. They finally got it to be good enough to be Fallout 4, but worse. Um, Predator Hunting Grounds. Do you remember that one? Nope. No. Oh. Shadow the Ronin, The Revenge to the Samurai. Uh, that was Gilson B. Pontus's game this year. His best work yet. Best work yet. Mafia 2 Definitive Edition was just disgusting. Um, almost made it onto the list despite being a, a re-release. Horrible. Um, Minecraft Dungeons. What was the point? Yeah, that was a real disappointment. <laughs> yeah. This one is only because it's it was so early access and didn't have much going for it. But I don't think on the list we have Grounded. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that's um, right. Which was that, yeah, that really early access sort of survival game where you are, honey, I shrunk the kids. This is the one with the, the arachnophobia mode, the uh, spider yes. thing. Yes. Where they sort of like make them look all s- s- weird and, and non-spidery. Or something, yeah. Um, doesn't stop them being fucking annoying. Um, the spiders can just instantly kill you and will spawn wherever and go <laughs> wherever. Uh, so that's good. Um, it's that coupled with the fact that at its heart, it, it is just another survival game. Sort of like a year or two past where they were all that. Yeah big and and interesting um and it just does nothing really to evolve that except it's sort of cute to make a gas mask out of a bug you know surely we had adventures on the list or is it just that forgettable no nobody bothered oh did not put it on the list (laughs) (laughs) it's shit 
It's such a shit game. The single player, the single player content is fun. I do not care once the single player content is gone, but I will come back to it for three or four hours every three or four months. Earth's shittiest heroes. I it's such a. It looks like it's such a knockoff. I mean, it's just. It's one of those games I'll be able to point at for years and say, if you want an example of what I mean when I say AAA is is cultural, even more so than like budgetary and 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 popularity, it's this. It's this is a game that is behaving the way it has to. Is the best way I can describe it. It is hitting all the points it has to hit to get published by Square Enix. It's a good one to point to. Similarly to just the things that changed with We Happy Fuse presentation once a publisher picked it up. Uh, also, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Hold that! Mm. WWE is a scam used to tr- trick and swindle uh, young wrestling talent into giving away the best years of their life and surrendering their entire brand up to and including not being able to have um, a Twitch account or an OnlyFans um, without uh, the blessing of one billionaire. Um, and this is the kind of game it deserves just like last year's disastrous uh, 2k20 was the game it deserved it's a rubbish game for a rubbish brand none of the characters look like they do in real life they think baron corbin just looks like like your scary dad um <laughs> so my he looks exactly like my scary dad so zero out of ten wow <laughs> <laughs> Those were the games I didn't like so much. I'm going to rush through some of the stuff that I played this year that, like, I don't have huge amounts to, to say about and and or neither of you is going to care about, but I'm going to get them out there anyway. Mm. Animal Crossing, I'm still playing that. I got back into it over, over the Christmas time. I'm enjoying having it as a thing to connect with other people over, in spite of the fact the game itself is kind of broken and that Nintendo needs to put basic settings menus into it and fix its online. It almost made one of my year-end lists. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of the games I've had the most fun with this year, in spite of itself, not because of itself. Well, a lot of people... I mean, a lot of people love it. It was especially because yeah. that was another sort of early quarantine one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, a lot of people found sort of comfort in that and one can never take that away from it this is the most I've ever enjoyed in Animal Crossing and I know that that is intrinsically connected to when it released it's not that this is a better Animal Crossing game this is the Animal Crossing game that came out when I needed an Animal Crossing game. Yeah. Other than that, I played a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, Duelist Link Evolution. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a fucking <laughs> shit name. That's a name. That's a fucking name. You know, your trading card games like your Magic the Gatherings and whatnot. Oh, sure. Yu-Gi-Oh! is the one I was really into for a while, and then I had to stop myself doing because I spent way too much money on those those bits of paper. Oh, hey, look, I'm, I'm up on what the kids like. Yeah. Let's Beyblade, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. I will never buy myself, like, tr- collectible trading card things, but I still enjoy the mechanics of them. This was basically an excuse, A, for me to play a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh! without having to buy any physical cards, and the, for a for a digital version of a collectible card game, I was pleasantly surprised that there was zero DLC and zero microtransactions, which was a really positive surprise, because, like... All the big ones people play, your Magic the Gathering Arenas, your um, Hearthstones and whatnot, all of them have digital microtransaction booster pack shit in them, and that is why I never play them. Once that, once microtransactions came along, the idea of being able to play like a good card game without having to invest in all the bullshit was over. Exactly, and this is why I have played this one, because 
uh, it had it has all the plot lines from all the series of the anime, and I can go through. And every time that they introduce a new mechanic, it's like, hey, you've played with this set of mechanics. Cool. Now that you've played like ten hours of that, now we'll teach you a new mechanic through gameplay and work you through it. I've watched episodes of that anime. It's 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 not good, but I love it. <laughs> it's baffling. I I watch it and I'm like, I have no idea what what game is this. To what rules does it pertain? None. That's a big caterpillar. Does that come out the card? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the one with the bug boy. <laughs> oh, the bug boy, Weevil Underwood. Weevil Underwood. Yeah. That's the kind of name that would be in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if you go by the original novelization, you know, no big deal. I've read a book. Not that one. It was just nice this year to be able to pick up a digital version of a trading card game and have lots and lots and lots of hours of gameplay and never once have it try and go, yeah, but you could spend some real money and open a, open up a randomised pack if you wanted. What a horrible world that, that that's our nice pleasant respite. That's, that's my nice pleasant respite is yeah. a game had all the cards in it already and I didn't have to buy more cards to go to digitally unlock in the game. Yeah. Normally you've got to go these days to like an indie sort of deck building RPG or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which are quite good, the, the old card based sort of thing. That's why I've always liked the idea of, um, of is it, uh, is it, is it Netrunner, the one where you buy yeah. a, a, a set, complete set of cards and it's just like, here is your deck? Yeah, I've known people into Netrunner. Yeah, you don't buy booster packs or anything, you just buy a deck for six quid and that is your deck. Mm -hmm. And it'll be different to everyone else's, but that one's yours. I used to collect the Aliens vs. Predator customizable card game because um, they were kind of big as well, sort of turn of the millennium time. I never played it. I just liked yeah. pictures of aliens and predators. And then I put them in a little folder. <sighs> Uh, cooking, cooking Mama Cookstar was this year that that Cooking Ooh. Mama game that got pulled off the eShop because it wasn't <gasps> oh, supposed yeah. to be sold. <laughs> the only thing of interest I have to say about that is that game is listed on on the speedrunning websites as being a game that people could speedrun, and no one has done because it's a shit game Ooh. that like most people c couldn't buy because it was only oh, on sale for like a few there. hours. I'm vaguely tempted to do a charity stream at some point where I just play through the game start to finish on a stream just so that by default I have the world record speedrun of it. Smash it. So that's... Dis yeah, destroy that record. Yeah, destroy that currently non-existent record. Oh, you seize it from that literal nobody. <laughs> and then the, the other one I wanted to make note of was Tell Me Why, which was uh, that, that mm. don't nod... Um, choice-based adventure game. I very much think that is... I think it's the best game they have made. And I think it's largely the best game they've made because they really held themselves back and uh, restrained themselves on the, the magical nonsense. Yeah. They, they didn't go too heavy-handed with the magical nonsense. And they didn't have that issue that they usually have of the weird dialogue that feels like boardroom executives in their 50s trying to write teenagers. Yeah. They managed to, managed to smooth that out. That's good. All of the episodes released a week after each other, which is great. That's how I want an episodic game to be. If it's going to be episodic, just fucking let me know exactly when I can expect the next one. And it was just a really good story about the weirdness that comes with trying to trying to pack away a home when someone's passed away and the emotional stuff that goes along with that and the fallibility of memory and the fact that it's very hard to say for certain 
that something you remember is true once it's in the past because memory's wild like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good game. Good good trans representation in it. I thought it sounded pretty well. Like, tell me why. It was just a real delight to play through. I may have to go back to, yeah. to their games because it's been a while. Don't go in fearing life is strange. Go fuck yourself, he stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they've, they've even within that, <laughs> that series, that first life, life is strange. I know they improved it beyond that. Yeah. I just have never got around to checking out more of it. T- tell me why it's worth checking out, I think. If there's one of theirs that's worth checking out, it's this one. Oh, God, I had Windy Pops and it was horrible. Oh, no, not Windy Pops. Not well, windy I Pops. also have a short list of... Um... <gasps> Of, of things that I played. This is, I'm thinking of this as sort of like my va- my bad video games man list. Because <laughs> you this, are such a bad videos game man. I am. And, and this is a bunch of stuff that I played a very tiny amount of and don't care. Mm-hmm. Is this all the stuff that you played like the day of Podquisitions to be like, I should probably have something to talk about? No, not even that. I mean, some of it I even played to completion, but. I do that sometimes though. Yeah, like Darksiders Genesis. I know I played it this year. Yeah, I played it. I finished finished that game i remember nothing of it it was i guess fine they tried to translate mechanics in ways that don't work in top-down shooter form i'm not even sure i remember what i actually thought about it now i remember that the platforming was god-awful yeah anytime it wanted you to jump on a silver stick in the air to jump around i remember that i am pretty sure i found it fairly underwhelming i played uh the tutorial of borderlands 3 good man uh confirming i had no further interest in borderlands (laughs) i i um oh i played that last year didn't i i liked it Uh, my friend pedro Mm. that actually does seem good but it needs more talented hands than I have. Yeah, I had the same experience, only played it a little. I completed that game, and ultimately, I think I would have had a better time watching, like, a high-level speedrun of it than I did playing mm. it. Yeah. Like, I want to watch someone very talented play it and explain to me the fancy things they're doing. I like watching speedruns when I'm, like, if I'm up a little later than usual and there's just, I can't think of anything to put on. Yeah. Having a nice little speedrun going in the background is a nice time. Yeah. Uh, I tried to play Destroy All Humans. I tried to make a... I thought I was going to make a game of it. Oh, I'll just play it until it says something that would offend my sensibilities today. But that wasn't possible. I wouldn't have gotten to play it. So, uh, <laughs> it's fine. The game, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even super, super edgy when you go back. It's just, no. I found a lot of it just unfunny. It was just sort of... It was typical of game humour at the time, where it was just a lot of references and a lot of just sort of making silly voices. Yeah, when I say offends my sensibilities, what I basically mean is that it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of really surface-level sort of Red Scare Americana-style parody. It was yeah. like, oh, a diner, remember that? Um, and especially these many years with so much more, you know, parody in between. Even then, it was sort of real shallow, and right now, it's just... The gameplay was fine enough, and yeah. it was a very well-done, you know... Redo, they remastered it well enough, yeah. Good, good job on that. Uh, added some good improvements, looked nice. Battletoads played through that. I liked that well enough, I enjoyed that. If you like Battletoads, you'll love Battletoads. That's the way I feel about it. Battletoads is Battletoads. Well, you'll love the bits that are like Battletoads. I know some people found all the mini gamey stuff. Well, it wasn't even mini games. You can't even call it that when it's half the game. Yeah. And they were a mixed bag. I enjoyed, a, you know, quite a bit of bit of it. 
And then again, I mean, I know the original games had a lot of it too. Sure, that's the thing. I wanted a beat-em-up. I mistakenly thought that Battletoads was a beat-em-up, and I knew better. I think that it was a little more omnipresent, the interruptions to the fighting, yeah. than they were in prior games, but... Yeah, it it was still it was it was faithful. I can't argue with that. And I'll say again, I thought some of the cutscenes were legitimately funny. Yeah, no, some of the content was funny. At points, this game was legitimately fucking good. Yeah, I would agree with that too. And Spelunky Two, this is the only one I feel real regret over. I just haven't found time to play as much of it as I need to to mm. be competent at it. And I'm so rusty at Spelunky in general that. You know, I, I'm just beefing constantly when I play it. I mean, I can't get on with it. I got on a bit better with the first one than this. I'm not I'm terrible at those go- many games like that. Um, but I'm shithouse at Spelunky 2. I am shithouse. I can't get anywhere with it. And speaking of things I used to be better at, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, again... Faithful. Yeah. Will not argue its faithfulness. I can't seem to play it anymore. It's really a bummer. That sucks. Yeah. It's very, very good, but I'm old. Yeah. I get that way with a lot of, like, old, old games. Like, we're talking, like, you know, NES to mm, yeah. PlayStation era. I fumble with a lot of those to the point where I'm like, how did I do this as a kid? And then I remember I probably had more, you know, intact brain cells. Dexterity. Before I ruined it all. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's it from what I was thinking of. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then there's a few other games that, you know, like Game of the year I've got one more on the list that's not on the list that we all did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, here she comes. It's Maneater, everyone. The shark Oh, one. yeah, Maneater. I didn't play Maneater. Oh, I thought you played Maneater. No. No. Oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. You know, it's... It's small and gets samey, but... I believe it's currently free on PS Plus. Oh, really? I think it's just gone... Or it's just going free on PS Plus in the coming days. It's well worth it for free. Yeah, it is... Well worth it. It's got its problems, but at its core, it's fun, mindless nonsense. (laughs) And it's got a lot of Chris Parnell in it. A lot. Like, he's got... Like, he gets repetitive for, you know general gameplay but all the pickups and stuff have him do some fun little narration and stuff um it does get old uh, for sure um and i would like to have seen more if they do another one i'd like to see more sort of shark customization and more shark types i'd love to have been a hammerhead would have been great um but it was fun it was fun jumping around on the beach swallowing um beachgoers is fun quite a bit yeah very- yeah that bit actually didn't get old more of that would be fine by me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's been this year. It's been, you know, there's been stuff to play. It's just been, yeah. it's been, a, it's been a weird year for releases. Oh, it's been a weird year. I don't, I tell you what, listeners, I don't know if you've looked out the window. If, I don't know if you've noticed. I, I don't know if you've been following the news. This year's not been like previous ones. It's been a, it's been a wild one. It's it's been like previous years in that if it's all of the problems that the previous years have built up to, this is this is all of the previous years put together under a microscope. That's what we've all felt, and it's been very very weird and disconcerting to the point where we're all grateful to go back to quote unquote normal, which will just lead us back here again. It's the year that the dam broke and all of the problems flooded down, and we can try and patch over the dam. Yeah. But- Clearly we need a better dam, but no, it's going to break again at some point. But 
I mean, it's been a, especially strange for me because it's also had so many other big life things in a year where yeah. I feel feel like I've done nothing. Uh, like, I feel like nothing and everything has happened at once. Because this year, as I said, beginning of this year, I was still in Mississippi. That does not feel real. And I, like, I genu- I, I'm saying that without like, oh, remember Game of Thrones? It's like, no, that genuinely doesn't feel real. The time I spent in the weird little apartment before I was here, that feels like its own year. I feel like in, I was in Mississippi in 20, 20- 19 well 2018 i was in philadelphia throughout 2019 in that place and then this has been my 2020 where i am right now and in that time i've moved to philly here obviously twice i've moved um became a u.s citizen started transitioning voted in my first election and became grand champion regent of rise all hail it has been a year for things occurring it's been fucking oh it's been ridiculous yeah i've just been living here for half a year that's wild yeah Yeah. we were just sort of hanging out and it and i had no idea how hot i was making this office (laughs) when he was in here i didn't know because that's like i said there's only two things i really complain about three things i really complain about well I'll just complain about the heating overall. It's uneven heating and it gets fucking noisy. And then there's the mailroom limbo. Um, other than that, I mean, despite how shit everything is, I, I can count myself very lucky that I have found a place that is like literally the best place I've ever lived because I've lived in such shitholes and in such unpleasant situations that my own place that I'm fully in charge of, it's made this year more tolerable especially with how I started the quarantine in that other place, genuinely fucking trapped to the point of real dark shit. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm lucky that I was able to, to deal deal with a lot of this year in this place. And the, the despite both the quarantine and the, the pandemic and the stuff I've been complaining about with, uh, you know, YouTube and all of that, Thank fuck again that the Patreon um, support has been there. Yeah. Because, I mean, I said years ago I'd be out of the business if I was relying on YouTube. To say little of what it'd be like now. I mean, I'd have already been years out of the game, but this year definitely would. Yeah. I'd I'd have to... to yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd find something else. Um, it'd be nice to still do something in content, but... Fuck. I didn't know at the start of this year how big a part of my my work Twitch was going to be. Mm. Yeah. This has been a big year for, like, putting time into Twitch, and that has been really lovely. Yeah, we've all done that. And you know what? I've really enjoyed how we've all interacted with it and that. And it's always fun to speak with both of you more, which is always why I wanted Podquisition to be a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Well, I mean, I speak with fucking Conrad enough. He wasn't the first choice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's been great being on Twitch and, and yeah. interacting with each other and other people on Twitch. Uh, I, I, I was, I'm continually surprised pleasantly by how different that environment seems to be from other platforms. I am so pleased that, like, I have been Twitch streaming, like, multiple times a week all year and I've barely had to do any moderation because just a lovely little community over there it's ended up being yeah it's been real good, good. yeah yeah and of course i've been in talks with nintendo to reboot 3d it so nah. <laughs> i was trying to think what I, I was i was gonna say i hadn't done much this year but i was like 
I wrote a book and I've got another one that's about to come yeah. out in my hands. It's been a good year for doing stuff. Yeah, you've you've done a lot of, of writing and I've been I've been happy with this year. Yeah. You've been done a ton of, of work and content. Yeah. I'm happy with how AA's turned out this year, accessibility. Mm. Like the, the views on it aren't amazing, but I'm very proud of it. I'm happy with it. I mean, so long as you're happy with it, yeah. you know. I'm doing, I'm doing work I'm proud of, and that that <laughs> yeah. that'll do. If I can scrape by doing that, all the better. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying the same thing, but unlike you, um, my fragile ego won't accept it. I, I'm I'm just paying myself lip service, which again, quarantine, gotta do. Never tried it, not with my back. I mean, I say never tried it, I'm, but not with my back. I'm I'm not gonna try and. Well, that's 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 been 2020. We did it. We did another one. We did another one. We sure did. Should we wrap up this? I mean, if I could have sent myself off this quarantine, would have gone a lot quicker. Laura, <laughs> people want to know about your content. We just talked about it. What rotten teases? What sugary, oh, spicy oh. teases we'd be if we didn't tell them oh, more? Tell oh. them, please. Oh, Laura K Buzz in all the places. The most important one is Patreon. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that lets me do this full time. That little little tiny donations over there on a regular basis add up and allow me to keep making things about video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Laura K Buzz. Uh, that's at 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Over on YouTube, every Friday I do episodes of Accessibility, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, we got an episode going up this Friday about the fact that Nintendo back in the 80s made a controller for the NES for disabled people and then just never did it again. Oh. And it's a little history lesson into how that happened and a bit of talk about why did they maybe stop doing that and why that sucks. But why the original thing they did was kind of cool. Go watch that. Other than that, the big one is the books. Things I learned from Mario's butt. That's coming out on February 4th, 2021. That's about butts and video games. It's got art in it. Gender Euphoria. That comes out on June 10th, 2021. It's all about non-cis people's just positive gender affirming stories. And Uncomfortable Labels. That one, what I wrote about being an autistic trans woman. The audiobook of that's currently 50% off if you go to laurakbuzzstore.com and use the discount code 2021 until about i think like monday next week so self price right now that's that's the main things conrad what do you do oh you can find me on twitter at conrad zimmerman you could also help me out on patreon that's patreon.com slash fist shark or you could buy some anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or an audiobook at conradreads.com or like just hang out with me on twitch monday wednesday friday starting at 2 p.m eastern uh playing stuff often hanging out with the other people here and uh doing all that fun video games stuff yeah jim don't you have a patreon oh maximum risky yes patreon.com slash jimquisition you can go on it and you'll enjoy it probably yeah you can go on that we got the shittiest top 10 shittiest games of the year on on youtube you might not know but you know i like to remind people that that we got videos up because you've got to and uh, I think that's it. Oh, well, it'll be my birthday on January 1st. 
um, and probably do a stream. Yeah. Uh, I guess, what did we say? Like 11 a.m. Eastern, did you? Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern? Yeah. So like yeah, 11 4 p.m. Eastern. UK? Yeah. 4 p.m. UK, 11 Eastern. Um, that'll be on January 1st. It'll be my, my stupid birthday stream. I don't know what we'll do. Play games, probably. Fun. I'll just about be alive. It'll be great. Yeah. Laura will be sort of roused. I'll be awake-ish. I'll be sort of awake. Sort of <laughs> jostled with cattle prods and <laughs> kept up with winches and pulleys. But we'll uh, we'll we'll manage. <laughs> I think that's it, though. Yeah. I think that's I it. Think I do hope it. you had as as good a holiday as you could have, and your New Year's is safe, everybody. Um, try and be safe and, and everything, and try not to be too sad on it. You know, it's been shit. Uh, and, you know, 2021 won't be much better. But that's a problem for another day. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.